What's up, everybody? Welcome to Aces Wild, a Wild Aces fan podcast. I am your host, Jose Ruckus, a.k.a. the world's number one Wild Aces fan. No guest on the show today. Just kind of wanted to talk, you know, one of these little rant that I am prone to do from time to time. First and foremost, would like to say that um, with our last episode with our boy TGP, we did get some confirmations of some news that we discussed. Number one, applications for the fan council are indeed open. Check the FCF, any of their social media accounts, you can get a link for the fan council. We encourage you to go sign up for that. I have done it. I know TGP, he has done it. Really, I think that's going to be really exciting stuff. Hope hope we get some inf- more information about that pretty soon. We also got a confirmation from Silver Up Fruited CEO of FCF, that TGP was right. Eight teams locked and loaded, ready to go. Two teams are going to be based off this NFT system that we discussed in the last episode. If you haven't checked that out, go give it a listen. Anyway, week two of the NFL is wrapped up. We're just about to go into week three. (sighs) This is something I've kind of wanted to talk about for a while, and... Mm, I love the NFL. I really, really do. I've said this before many times on the podcast. I'm a big sports fan, but football is my favorite sport by a long shot. The NFL is the only league in the world that, other than FCF, that I watch every single game of. Pretty much every game that I can. A lot of red zone going on, if you know what I mean. I don't miss a lot of NFL football. I love the game. And I love watching it being played at the highest level. But this season is already only two weeks in. Got me itching for more FCF for a lot of reasons, guys. Um, Let's discuss one thing that I think is on the top of everybody's tongues at the moment. If you watch NFL football, this season has been awful really in regards to penalties in regards to um refs really deciding the outcome of games um i'm not a fan uh if you can't tell by the tone of the voice um most notably has been these taunting penalties which we'll get into a little deeper but i just want to give you a stat that i found today on twitter this comes from ron goth rick goslin on twitter um, it says there's a there's a red flag for NFL officiating. Through 17 weeks in 2020, there was never a weekend with 200 penalties were assessed. 200 penalties. The high was 198 penalties in week two of season 2020. This season, the officials assessed 214 penalties in week one and 221 penalties in week two that is so many so so many and a lot of these penalties do not feel like real penalties a lot of them you're seeing i mean oh my god if you watch this monday night i mean if if you watch the the uh the sunday night primetime game between the ravens and the chiefs my god the ending of that game was abysmal from a refereeing standpoint I mean, the game was, I mean, the ref, the the refing was bad on both sides. I'm not going to lie. 
Chief fans, Ravens fans, if you if you had a problem with the refs, yes, there was legitimate concern for you to be uh, angry with those refs. But the other team had just as much of a problem. It was terrible on both sides. But when you got down to those last two drives, it felt like there was a flag on every single play. And it felt like, for the most part, the refs decided the outcome of the game. Most notably with um, the Chiefs picking up a... Um, a really, a really awful illegal contact penalty that was just completely uncalled for. Uh, this has been hard to watch in some games. Like, really, it's annoying. It's a real problem if you're trying to enjoy the sport that so much of it really comes down to what these refs... A lot of these penalties are incredibly subjective. We thought we had refereeing problems with the FCF. And don't get me wrong, it's not like the refereeing was A-OK, 100% A+. <laughs> there were problems. But, oh man, when you watch how much subjectivity is in the game with these NFL referees, pass interference calls, illegal contact calls, some of these neutral zone infractions, oh my God, roughing the passer. <laughs> it really seems like these defensive players just aren't allowed to touch the quarterback. I mean, go back on, in this Week 2 Sunday game against uh, the Titans and the Seahawks. Jamal Adams picked up this roughing the passer call that was absolutely ridiculous. And there's several others throughout this NFL season so far. And we're only two weeks in. It's so hard to watch. I just, it's disappointing. And it makes me, it makes me long for the FCF I, as if I wasn't enough already. The other really big problem here, and it's the one you're going to see criticized most, so we're really kind of uh, covering ground that's already been touched here before, but these taunting, taunting penalties. <laughs> oh my God. These taunting penalties in the, in the NFL are really, really ridiculous. Um, I'm going to bring up this Seahawks game again just because, you know, one, I'm a Seahawks fan, so I watch a lot of Seahawks football, but also because it's another example of a really, really ridiculous penalty call. This Week 2 Seahawks-Titans game was absolutely just like, what the hell was going on from a refereeing standpoint? But, I mean, one of the cornerbacks makes a very good play, gets up, does a little flex, is called for taunting. It's... It uh, blows your mind seeing these kind of things, these taunting calls that are getting called. Um, it's a physical sport. It's a very tough sport to play. And, I mean, especially when you want to talk about these cornerbacks, like this this play that we just talked about. It's probably the hardest position in the, in the sport to play, NFL cornerback. I mean, these receivers are getting so, so good that if you have – good coverage for an entire plan or able to shut a wide receiver down you deserve to celebrate it's so difficult it's i mean we saw this in previous seasons with celebrations touchdown celebrations or really any kind but it's just there's the nfl doesn't seem to want these players to be able to express express themselves on the field in any way, really, um, other than a select limited number of people, essentially the marquee players. Those guys are allowed to pretty much do whatever they want. 
you're never going to see Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. These guys are never going to get called for taunting. They're never going to get called for touchdown celebrations in the old rule set. Um, it's troubling. It's very, very troubling. As we said, it's a physical sport. There's a lot of testosterone, adrenaline, these t- sorts of things running through the player systems when you're playing this kind of sport. And it's so, so hard to be good at this sport. Of course the players want to celebrate. Of course the players want to get in each other's faces a little bit. Of course they're going to they're gonna do something when they succeed. That's human nature. Whatever you're good at, when you're good at it, you want to celebrate. One of the things that's so great about fan-controlled football is the personality of the players. We've seen it. I mean, if you're a listener to the show, listening to Jackson Erdman, listening to Ed Crouch, David Miza, these guys, when you watch it on the field draft night, you see these guys come out with the Naruto costumes or the superhero stuff. And on the game day, you see they... This is this is really the thing that is so so different between FCF and NFL. FCF is inherently designed. They build the field in such a way that the players have the ability to express themselves. They can go to the camera, the Wendy's hot box. They can talk straight to you, the fan. They can tell you, "Hey, look, I was wide open. Hey, look at this awesome play that I made." They can go up to the entrance ramp with the smoke machines and the graphics package and they can do a little dance trav daddy can go up there and do his three pumps you know what we're talking about here it's awesome it's awesome because you care about the sport and you know that the guy on the field cares about the sport just as much as you do those sorts of things those connections between fans players this is the stuff we're always talking about with fan controlled football it's why we like it so much it makes me miss it very 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 much because the nfl feels so antiseptic so clean so boring in comparison and that's nothing to do with the, the actual on-field gameplay. Again, in the NFL, the game is being played at the highest level. When you're watching what the Chiefs, their offensive system, the 49ers, their offensive system, Russell Wilson's ability to pass, these guys, DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, oh my God, Gronkowski, he, I mean, you, you go, go look at Derrick Henry, this guy's ability, like the, their ability, the actual on-field product, it's so good. Watching this game being played at the highest level is amazing. But the NFL wants the players to do, put all that effort, leave it all out there on the field, and then show zero emotion, zero personality once the play is over. I hate that. I hate it so much. We want to see who these players are. We want to make a connection with them. We want 
that more interesting fan-controlled element. Okay, the other thing, the other thing that's really, really bothering me lately is one of the reasons fan-controlled football exists in the first place, which is the fans' ability to make decisions. NFL coaching, NFL play calling especially, is so drastically over-conservative. These, I mean, these NFL coaches are afraid for their jobs. They're worried that they're not. They're going to get fired if they mess something up, if they do something, not even something stupid. If they just make a risky call and it doesn't go their way, that they're going to be ridiculed and they're going to lose their job. Not a bad decision, just a decision that doesn't work out. And that's going to happen. If you're playing correctly, you're still going to lose sometimes. I mean, oof, get too too nerdy for you here, but I mean, Star Trek The Next Generation, Jean-Luc Picard. It's impossible to do everything correctly. It's, pro- it's possible to make no mistakes and still lose. That's the nature of life. And these these coaches are so afraid. I mean, okay, so going back to week two, there's this um, Texans play. Texans get a pass interference call. They can accept it and go to fourth and two, go for it to get another set of downs, or they can reject it. I mean, re- reject it, get third and ten, something like that. The, the choices are essentially they can go fourth and two or third and ten. They get a chance of first down either way. What do they do? They go to fourth and two and they punt. Punt on fourth and two in their opponent's territory. And of course, the punter kicks it back for a touchback and they essentially lose ground. They're trying to play a position game and they, they lose the position game on the play that they're making. It's so silly. Mike McCarthy with this super exciting Dallas Cowboys offense. Week after week, it just continues to coach them into disaster scenarios. Um, you know, Greg the Leg bailed them out, but it's only because Mike McCarthy completely screwed it up at the end. Um, you know, they're taking field goals from like fourth and short on the opponent's fifteen-yard line. And it's not every coach. The Browns have been very good about playing dangerously. You see how much Jim uh, John Harbaugh gets congratulated for going for it on fourth and one when he has Lamar Jackson as his quarterback. If Lamar Jackson's my quarterback, I'm going for it on fourth and one every single play, and so are you. This is another reason why we love fan-controlled football, because we never have to worry about our coaches making those decisions. It seems so obvious. I'm telling you about stuff you already know, probably. But, again, I just miss it. We're still waiting on news for Season 2. Hopefully it's coming today when this goes up on Thursday, maybe the next Thursday. September is almost over. We were told mid-September, but... Of course, this is out of Patrick D's. This is out of Ray Austin's hands, the PR team. 
they're the ones who are deciding when this stuff goes out. So Rob doesn't seem to care. So Rob is just dropping news left and right on Twitter. He's a CEO. He kind of gets to do those sorts of things. You got to respect it. <sighs> well, you can always follow us at Aces Wild Pod, Aces Wild Pod, on Twitter, Instagram, the socials, you know them. Like, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. We always appreciate reviews. Every Tuesday night, 7 o'clock Pacific, 10 o'clock Eastern, we're doing Sport Night. It's a show where we play Fortnite, we talk about sports. It's the biggest night in sports every Tuesday. Hope you tune into that. Twitch.tv slash Jose Ruckus. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. I'm going to start lining up some interviews. There's some guys that I want to talk to. I want to talk to Patrick Dees. I want to talk to Ray Austin. I want to talk to a couple more players, see what they're doing in the offseason, you know? Let me know if you have any ideas for an episode, if there's anything you want me to hear me talk about. But until next time, stay wild.